It's 7 p.m. on Thursday night. WWTF Radio presents What's the Buzz? Hello, everybody. I'm your, your host, Mad Dog DeCipio. Dankers work for me. Join <laughs> as I am each and every week by the Pitbull, Amelia Pitbull Chapman. How are you, Amelia? Doing great. How are you doing? I am still stoked from last night's show. It was, me too. man, we dropped some bombs last night. Holy smoke. <laughs> we had Pearl Jr. here, the world's foremost authority on Michael Jackson. She, know, she knew Michael. I should say she still knows Michael. Uh, <laughs> if you listen to Pearl, he's still alive somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. She will be back with us, just so you know. Pearl Jr. is coming back June 29th and 30th. We are going to kick out the month in style. And I'm going to find out where, one way or another, I'm going to find out where Michael's been hiding. Because he owes me like 20 bucks. <laughs> All right. Tonight, Amelia, you are responsible singularly yeah. and solely for our guest. Brock Davis was brought to my attention by Amelia Pitbull Chapman. So, Amelia, tell me about this young fella before I introduce him to the entire wide world. Well, actually, he's got a wonderful voice, uh, a great, wonderful guy, Mr. Brock Davis, Americana artist. And I've always loved his songs. Anytime I'm feeling down or I just want to relax for a day, I just put up, listen to his music and it relaxes me. Or I just want to unwind and I listen to his voice and it's just so calm and Oh, you suck up with the best of them. Let me tell you. (laughs) He does. He has a wonderful wonderful voice. Let me tell everybody a little bit about Brock Davis. Because this gentleman has been very patient with us. He is an uh, an independent country music. He, uh, oh, let's put an independent Americana, Americana music artist. We're going to call it Americana, mm-hmm. although it says country in his bio. Um, Brock Davis is a veteran performer who, like many before him, spent many years working the the club and bar circuit. And <laughs> hello, and uh, he recently completed work on a um, an album, a song waiting to be sung. Uh, he did that in Nashville, along with the help from some of Nashville's top musicians. Uh, he's based in Santa Cruz, California. Um, but Brock is not a, a, a U.S. native. He's from Canada, a small place in uh, in Canada. I guess it was, I want to say maybe um, Vancouver, the Vancouver, maybe British Columbia around there. Um, from a small town and those small town roots came through in his uh, prolific song styling. Uh, we will take a look tonight, uh, a very distinctive look at a different kind of singer-songwriter and discover, in fact, does the man make the music or does the music make the man? So with that, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this first time on What's the Buzz, Mr. Brock Davis. Hello, Brock. How are you, sir? Emilio, uh, good to see you. Um, good to see you. Way, yeah. Do I, uh, do I need a, a canine nickname? Should be like Brock, uh, uh, Brock Collie Davis, or uh... no? That's far too gentle. We got to come up with, uh, with something. Rabid Poodle Davis. No, I'm going to call you Brock the Doberman Davis. There you go. Hey, right. Doberman Davis. This is why I get paid the big bucks, baby. That's right. Yeah. Got to go on. Right. Brock the Doberman Davis. So Brock, there you go. Yes, and I will be candid with you. I will be. I will. I will tell everyone and people who watch the show. They know. I'm not a huge fan of country music in general. I have 
my favorites, though. I like Jimmy Dickens, little Jimmy Dickens, Bill Anderson, Porter Wagner. I had a chance to meet these people. I love the Grand Old Opry. And in fact, three weeks ago, right here on this show, legendary country performer Lacey J. Dalton sat where you are right now. Well, not literally where you are, but she mm-hmm. occupied that box. Virtually right? <laughs> <laughs> in my box, yes. Yeah. Right. Occupied your box. Um, so I do have a soft spot for some artists, just for lack of country mm-hmm. artists. Yeah. A quote unquote, air quote. Um, you're different though. Uh, I have, it's funny, I couldn't find any information on Brock. And then at the 11th hour, I found three pages on Brock about how he started and how he writes and, and all this stuff. So, Brock, I'm going to ask you what's not on the paper. First of all, welcome to the show. Um, uh, you have officially been deemed the Doberman. So, um, <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about your unlikely road to um, to find yourself. Uh, you found yourself through music. Um, you've been very candid in your bios that you had a, a rough upbringing, uh, not a happy place to be. You weren't a happy kid. Um, but like a lot of unhappy children, you find an outlet to channel your energy. You found music. Uh, what age did this come about? And uh, what was your catharsis for choosing music as an outlet? Well, you know, I, Mad Dog, I didn't choose music. Music chose me. Uh, absolutely. Interesting. Yeah, and um, a couple of things I'll tell you there. When I was a kid, my granddad died. He played the piano. And when he died, the piano came to us and because uh, we didn't have a, a ton of money, uh, but the piano came to us. And so I was nine. And as soon as that piano showed up, it was in the summertime and I was supposed to have piano lessons in the fall. But that piano was just drawn. I was, I was drawn to that piano. And um, uh, I always I always loved music and um, had to overcome a bunch of things around that. But so that's the first thing I'll say. You asked me when I started. That was the piano was my first instrument. Um, but, you know. Rock and roll, guitar, that was my first love. Uh, guitar is my first love. So I play them both now, but I always wish that I'd started the guitar a little earlier. Piano's, piano's the instrument I play the best. Um, the second thing I want to tell you about is, so I always wanted to play music. Uh, my, my very first band when I was a little tiny kid, I, you know, we did nothing but Beatles songs. Um, uh, you can and, stay now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you said the magic uh, word. I told you. Well, you know, that, 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 you know I, was, I was a little young for Beatlemania. I was born, like, uh, you, know, in, you know, when they were already uh, in hitting their prime. But, but anyways, and a lot of artists talk about, you know, seeing the Beatles on the Sullivan show. If you, you, you listen about that, that was their turning moment. Well, for me, I had a similar moment, but it was, uh, I was 15, maybe 14. And it was this TV show called The Legends of Rock and Roll. And it started with Chuck Berry and it went on yeah. from there, right? And towards the end, they had this guy, Bruce Springsteen, an E Street band. I'm and sure. he was doing this song called Rosalita, which is a rave up, if you know it. I love the song. I'm a Jersey boy. I know it well. You <laughs> You've seen it many times. It was live. It was dynamic. It was so electrifying. And for me, that was like, wow, that's what I want to do with my life. That was my Beatles on the Ed Sullivan moment. Seeing Bruce Springsteen on the Legends of Rock and Roll. And, um, and then later on, uh, well, 
yeah, so that, that, that's the two things I'll say. Yeah. That's, I mean, you, as I say, you can stay now. You said the magic word, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen, that yes. was bonus material. Yeah. Um, so, and I have to tell you, just it's, it's amazing. And Amelia, you, it's, it's funny how things work out. Mm-hmm. A lot of the guests that we have, Brock, they mirror my life. Yes. Uh, and I'll just tell you that my, my vocation was music engineer. I was a sound engineer. I recorded a lot of bands, a lot of music. And that's my background. Um, it's interesting. <laughs> I have a very strange background. Uh, I was a sound engineer and a professional wrestling promoter. Don't ask me how. <laughs> oh, now I understand where the mad dog comes from. Working the stick. Yes, working the stick. I'm going to rip him a new one. Absolutely. Yeah. Just to show you the WWTF in our radio call letters are wrestling with the future. The future. <laughs> so, but here's well, the good thing, luck to pin that future down, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of the things that I, that I have come to find out about every unusual artist, and I will definitely call you an unusual artist because you're not, you're, you're not solely country and you're not a standard. Right. Um, and you're probably grateful not to be so. But one thing that I've found is that out of great tragedy, great triumph occurs. Um, when did you realize that the rear view mirror was here and that it was getting further and further away from you? That you were in the clear now from this sordid past? Um, well, um Maybe I'll just give you a little bit more background of it. So, so as you mentioned in the intro there, uh, um, as a, as a, so when I was about 13, I started working professionally. I started playing the organ at the church. I did that twice a week. I did that for quite a while. And I was 17. Uh, I played my first gig in a, in, a, in a biker bar. I was underage. I was 19. was the drinking age, but I was allowed in because I was working there. Um, and, uh, you know, so that's, that's, that's when I started. And, 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 I, and I, I went and, you know, not that it helped anything, but I did a degree in music uh, at music school, and I, you know, worked a lot, all sorts of bars and venues that you can imagine, and even, even as a record producer. And uh, that went on until my, er, I guess, early thirties. And um, one thing that I couldn't do well was the road. Mm. I was never happy on the road, and um, yeah. I, looked, I looked, and 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 really, that was what was in the future. If I wanted to take that my my original music further, was just a lot of road dates. I just couldn't do it, and plus, I wanted a family. So what happened was I took a hiatus and I raised a family. And what I didn't realize during that process was that uh, I didn't need to be full time in order to continue writing songs because up to that point I'd had so much time and, and I was able to devote so much energy to it that I thought I needed to do that. And I didn't think I could do it any other way. Right. Yeah. And so there was a long hiatus. I went for years without writing any songs. And, and of course I was really busy. I was raising a family. And, and at one point um, I moved down to, I moved from Canada down to the Silicon Valley area. Right. Cut up in high technology. I, uh, I raised a bunch of money as, as, a, as a founder for a high-tech startup. I was the CEO of a high-tech startup, which means like I was one of six people, uh, all working like uh, three different jobs at the same time. I, you know, I got caught up in that, but um, I got really burnt out. And um, 
I, I crashed. Basically, the way I put it is I crashed and burned. I just worked so much, and I just, you know, and um, I started re-examining re things, and I started realizing, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't really paying attention to the things in life that gave me joy. Not only my kids, but music. And um, so I started writing songs again, and I realized I was able to do it and still, like, hold down another job. And um, and then as things went on, I spent more and more time on the music, and, and the job has taken a, a backseat. So now, now, we're, now we're at the point where I think I have a nice balance. I still have, a, I still have some work that I do, but I'm mainly focused on music. And so that happened about uh, five years ago. Um, that I was really able to turn things around. And right. I also, you know, even during my hiatus, I was, I would say to people, yeah, the reason I'm put I was put here was to write songs that move people. I'm not mm -hmm. doing it right now, but I know that's my reason for being here. And now I'm just living up to that. I'm Brock, do you that. consider your, your journey? And it's, maybe it's a little heady and a little deep to ask you this early in the conversation, but do you consider your journey a way of, paying it forward to other people that have been in your position? Hmm. Um, well, I'm a big fan of that idea. <laughs> if, if I can ever do that, of course I will. Um, I don't know that that's my number one driver right now. Um, my number one driver, and uh, many songwriters will tell you this, but uh, it's not money, it's not fame, it's not women, sex, anything that you might think of it when you're a teenager. My number one driver is um, touching people's hearts. And when I, I, I get emails and messages from people saying, oh, that song made me cry. It just it was my life. It, I was going through a tough divorce and I heard that song about, about your divorce and I just it broke down. It was wonderful. I live for that. Yeah. That's what I live for. Because uh, music is emotion. And if I can, can touch into that emotion, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm here for. It's funny. We've had people on the show. Amelia will tell you. He mm -hmm. asked him, why did you get into the business? They go, money, women, and sex. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it, well, that's, you know, a, that's understandable when you're like uh, 20, 25. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but these are these are people in their 30s and 40s, brother. <laughs> <laughs> you asked them why they started. It's probably probably not. You know, you know, I think you yeah. find uh, deeper reasons as you, as you move along. Amelia, mm -hmm. questions yeah. for Mr. Brock Davis. Right, because I remember that you were saying that about you wrote songs for people, and you know, and I remember that there was this one lady that asked you to uh, write a particular song for her mom because she was dying of cancer, or if you could play. How was that toured you with the, you know, you having requests like that? Would you get that a lot, or was that real touching to where you couldn't do that at the time? Or, um, yeah, I, I know, I know what you're talking about, Amelia. Mm -hmm. uh, I think she said, send, can you send a song for my mom yes. who's in hospice? And mm -hmm. um, uh, I didn't really take that as she wanted me to write her a song. She just wanted me to send her some, something uplifting. Mm -hmm. So yes. I sent her a song um, that's on my album called We Will Rise. And, yes. Um, so I sent her that. But I do, yes, from time to time, I do have people say, oh, I'd love it if you could write a song for me. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, what I say is, um, what's your story? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you have an interesting story, uh, maybe it's a song uh, for me. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And I, uh, let me let me just elaborate on that with uh, mm -hmm. something that happened recently. So, I was in Nashville. Uh, I, I, I spend half my time there, and I was going through um, uh, an artist fair in, in downtown Franklin. Franklin is a, is a suburb of Nashville. I know and we have, you exactly know, who you're talking about. Yeah, you have the arts and crafts, you have the candles, and you have the people. Just, anyways, there was. I was really struck. You often see them, and they're often beautiful. These photographs of these people selling photos. You know, you see them mm -hmm. 
this one was special. It was even more special. And it was this picture uh, of, uh, of a Mustang, a wild Mustang, at sort of sunset. The sky was turning gold and purple. It was coming across the field. It was just like super moving. And uh, I never do this, but I bought it. And um, the man was there. The photographer was there with his wife. And his wife said, well, did he tell you the story? I said, no, no. What's the story of that photo? And this is the story. So the photographer is in his middle 50s had been a salesman for most of his life. Mm-hmm. Um, and the pandemic came along and uh, oh, wow. he got laid off and oh. um, didn't know what to do. Uh, but photography had always been his dream. And he thought, well, maybe I should do what I'm put on earth to do. So he took mm-hmm. his camera and he went to Wyoming to find himself. And, uh, and he said he found this photo and it was this Mustang. And the story about Mustangs is, uh, you know, one Mustang kind of, is the dominant Mustang and has this herd of about eight, a band actually, a band of about eight mares and whatnot. And uh, when they get older, uh, the younger Mustang comes along and challenges them then. And at some point they, mm-hmm. they're overthrown. Right. Mm-hmm. And so this guy had obviously been an old warrior. He had these scars and stuff like that. And he was on his own. And so, and it was a photographer that, Oh, wow. He's a lot like me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he took this beautiful photo. And so anyways, that turned into a song for me. And I, and I had one verse about the sales guy, one guy about uh-huh. the Mustang, and then how they were the same and, and how he was finding his purpose uh, in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and anyways, so that turned into a beautiful song. It's, it's called oh. The Warrior. And that's oh, yes. this record. It's, 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 it's just, got, just got written. So that's an example of how someone's life mm-hmm. story can turn into a song. And mm-hmm. if anyone has a story like that, I'm happy to write it. Absolutely. Uh, it, you know what I mean? Absolutely. It's interesting. Um, you know, I, I grew up listening to the uh, the tear in my beer kind of country mm-hmm. music. And, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. the wife left with the dog and the kid and <laughs> took my pickup truck. And, uh, yep. but, and and they make for great storytelling songs. However, it's rare that someone takes a positive yes. energy or a positive note and yes. writes a song about it. You don't hear those Mm-mm. kind of songs anymore well let, let, let me comment on that uh, Angela. yeah let, let me comment so um what i think you're saying if i paraphrase is that certain genres of music especially country music mm-hmm. have uh certain topics yeah. and the era that you're talking about uh they had their topics um mm-hmm. and they were pretty limited uh, yes but not as limited as they are today I mean, you would have songs about you know, Harper Valley PTA or whatever else, you know, you different ones. Um, but today, I would say that the, the number of topics are so, so limited. Yes. There's yes. Songs about drinking. Mm-hmm. There's songs about, hey, girl, you just came into the bar. I want to ask you out. You're so amazing. And then there's those, that's like 70% of the songs. And then the rest of them are, hey, here's some life advice. And I like the life advice. But that's yes. it. They, 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 there's very few topics. When I say I'm not a country artist, I'm, I, that's what I mean. I, I'm not interested in writing a song about someone coming into a bar. I'm not interested in writing right. about bar stools and neon lights and jukeboxes. Mm-hmm. I want to dance and hey, I want to get your number. I want to text you. Right. But, but that's been done a million, million times. And I, every time I hear it on the radio, I've got another one. What I'm interested yes. in, I love, but what I like, is I like the acoustic instruments, I like the drums, the acoustic guitar, mm-hmm. the pedal steel that breaks your heart. Maybe yeah. the fiddle, maybe the piano, the, the organ, the, yeah. the beautiful vocals, uh, the organic, real people playing real instruments. That's yeah. what I love. Yeah. And but I want the topics to be more interesting. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so that's that's where I'm coming from. And I call that Americana. Americana really is country, yeah. folk, singer-songwriter, 
can I can I give you a comparison? Um, and I'm going to make a comparison between you and a well-known artist. Um, you remind me very much in personality, in song style, in the choice of subject matter. You remind me of the legendary Merle Haggard. Really? Wow. Yeah. Merle wrote, I was fortunate to, to, to be, oh, I'm not going to get into the story, but anyway, I have a connection to Merle Haggard. Okay. Ooh. Here's the thing. Merle wrote from the heart, but he also wrote from observation and what he lived and people he knew. And he was able to weave this and sew it together to create this fabric called a song, a story song. Most great songs tell the story. Yes. Or they, they should anyway. Sure. Some of yeah. them, yeah. Not all of them, but some of them, uh, yeah. Not all of them, true. And some are just, you know, some you just want to tap your feet and pop your head and have a good time with it, you know. And, right. And not have to think too hard. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> right. But Merle was one of those guys that you remind me a lot of him. Um, Thank you. That's high praise. I appreciate that. And, and I don't, if the, if, don't know if you did it or or did it uh, or do it deliberately or if, if you're aware that you have that that kindred spirit to him. Well, have you considered or, or see somebody who influenced you? Maybe. Um. I, I, well, number one, I, I'll take that as a very high compliment. So thank you, thank you for that. Um, what I think. The way I think of it is I'm influenced by that style of songwriting and that tradition of songwriting, of which he was a part. Yes. Um, but I come from Canada, and um, there's a lot of singer-songwriters, like Gordon Lightfoot, for example. Um, oh, I love Gordon. Same mm -hmm. sort of uh, a, a tradition, because he's in the tradition of the story song, folk songs. And um, so, yeah, I, I would be happy to put myself in that tradition. Um, so that's what I think. Um, Amelia, questions yeah. for Brock. Just like that song that you wrote about all free, about when the Black Lives Matter, you know, like you said, if we're not all free, then uh, we are not all free at all. We're and that's free. a wonderful, yes, that's we're a wonderful quote. We're not free at all. Exactly. And that's a beautiful quote because that can happen at a wonderful time because you wanted to make sure that it's just not one, it's all. Right. And, you know, when I, when I think of that, it's like, that's what I'm trying to tell everyone. It's not just one particular race. It's all of our races. We're just not all. Because like when, it's like when, you, when we cut ourselves, we all bleed the same color. We're all one. Amelia, can I world. interrupt you for just sure. a second? Because you, sure. you said something profound. Okay. Go ahead. Rock, can music change perspective? Can, it, can a song make a difference? Yes, Explain. Undoubtedly, undoubtedly. Um, well, let me tell you what I think songs can do that's unique. Um, words can move people, um, but music has the ability to bypass words and say things that, in a way that words can't. Mm -hmm. It goes directly to the heart and the emotion, it bypasses the brain, goes right to the So that's what music can do. When you combine music with words, which is what songs are, you get that double whammy. 
And so I do believe that uh, songs can have an impact in a way that very few other medium media can, um, with the exception of maybe film. And then we combine film with a song and then you have a really powerful um, a, a movie. Yeah. So um, I, I do believe that's possible. Um, I do believe that um, it's possible for people to change. Uh, so if you put those two things together, therefore it must be possible for a song to, to help someone change. I, you know, a lot of people won't change. Um, they get set in their ways and that's that. Um, but I do think a song can make a difference. Absolutely. I'm a, a few years older than you. Um, oh, uh, quite a few, in fact. <laughs> quite a few, in fact. Just kidding. Um, I remember growing up and hearing people like Joan Baez and Pete Seeger um, and Peter, Paul, and Mary and these great not to mention Woody Guthrie. Yes, exactly. Woody, absolutely. And this Arlo kills fascists. Uh, kills fascists? This guitar fights fascists? He has something like that written on his guitar. Yeah, he sure did. He sure did. Um, and his son Arlo Guthrie is a, had followed directly in his footsteps. So you know where I'm going with this. Um, I grew up during that turbulent... I grew up in 19... I was born in 1958. And I grew up in that in the turbulent 60s uh, and yeah. saw the music change. I saw the Beatles yeah. and I saw Elvis, you know, metamorphosis into this, you know, movie actor and all yeah. but lost the rock and roll king that he was. Yeah. And I saw this other kind of music taking hold. It was called message music. Yep. And we've never, it, yeah. yeah, we haven't seen or heard message music in a very long time. But now recently, and you're one of these artists that's, again, whether you know it or not, are jumping on that bandwagon to create music that that moves and inspires generations to do something with their life and to do something for their country and for society. Um, are you aware? Are you fully aware or, or are you like many artists, a sponge that absorbs this stuff and it's, it's peripheral. Like you become all of everything you absorb. Yeah. Well, that's definitely true no matter what. Uh, yes, we, 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 we do absorb our things around us. But um, I would say a couple things there. Uh, first of all, that, that music for change wasn't limited to that period of time. I mean, obviously, that was that's probably the shining example of it. But if you think ahead to um, things like uh, Live Aid that Bob Duff did in the 1980s, uh, little Steven Van, from uh, the E Street Band, he, he, his, he put on this big, um, show that and was really, really helped bring down apartheid yeah. in South Africa, and um, and so on and so forth. Willie Nelson did the Farm Aid and so on and so forth. You don't hear so much about that in the last little while for whatever reason. Um, yeah. But I think that that'll come back again. But so that's one thing I wanted to say. It wasn't combined to the sixties. Uh, the second thing is, you know, I wanted to have some of that on my album. I didn't want it to all be that, you know, right. I, I, I want, you know, I wanted it to be a, a balance. I wanted there to be a love song. Sure. I wanted there to be a temporary happy song, but I also wanted there to be some socially uh, conscious songs if, for, for want of a better word. Yeah. Um, too much of that is like, you know, it gets a little bit 
it's a little bit much, but it also ends, it, it lends um, gravity to the, to the record with when you have the right amount of it. So that's how I Let me it. tell people what people are saying about Brock Davis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and as I said, I had a, a little bit of a difficult time trying to find anything on Brock, and then all of a sudden I found everything on Brock. <laughs> Here's what someone wrote. Brock writes fantastic lyrics. A song waiting to be sung is a small masterpiece. That's uh, Beretta Magazine in Sweden. Um, another one, a quality country album. Again, there you go. There's somebody's the pigeonholing you as a country artist. A quality country album with thoughtful emotion, compelling vocals, and vibrant harmony. That one is from Americana Highways in the U.S. A deadly honest approach that resounds in the excellent song work of Brock Davis, written in music, the Netherlands. Point I'm trying to make here, Brock, is that out of the 13 or 14 reviews here, two of them are from the U.S. The rest are all overseas. Why do the European continent and countries surrounding have a better appreciation for our music than we do? Uh, well, I think there's two things to say there. I, would, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't phrase it the way you just did. Um, okay. What I would say is, first of all, we, we released the record first in Europe. So there's, there's, there's more reviews that need to be added to the site that have not been added yet um, that are from the U.S., um, so you're just seeing you're just seeing the early reviews that were from the from the Europe. So that's the first thing. Right. Uh, the second thing, but I think it, you do have a valid point, which is um, as you talked about, the record um, is not easily pigeonholed. It's not just one thing. Right. And in the U.S., we do like to pigeonhole things. If we can't pigeonhole it, then it's hard. Europe is not like that. Europe appreciates a little bit more diversity. I mean, they have a diverse number of languages, cultures, everything yeah. else, right? And, and, and they do have a real appreciation for Americana and American music, uh, for yeah. sure. And so, um, if that's, which is nice. So that's why you're seeing some, um, some of the glowing reviews are from places like the Netherlands yeah. and, 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 and so on. Question, Amelia? I was going to let you know that the second time around song, I uh, really love to hear that song. And speaking of crying, that did make me cry. Just tell you. Yes. I will tell uh, you. So it that don't take did. much to make her cry, by no, the way. But especially I that she one. She was crying last night and we were talking about Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah, well, but no, really, when I first heard that song, it made me really, really get into the lyrics. And I felt like I was in part of the song, you know, just That's real living. And I thought, man, I could be in that song. <laughs> That's interesting, Amelia, because that's a very specific story. Um, yes. I don't think it's a story that too many people have mm-hmm. exactly, but I think um, it seems honest because it is mm-hmm. it's actually completely honest and true. Right. And people can relate. It doesn't have to be exactly your story as long as it seems right. like a story with the same emotions you might have had. Right. So now I feel mm-hmm. like I need to tell the story. Um, <laughs> people listening who haven't heard the song. So, um, and I, I, I don't know, wait, the, the lyrics tell the story, but if you haven't mm-hmm. heard the song, many years ago, um, I, my, I had a girlfriend and, and we were together and then and we split up because it wasn't right. Uh, we were young and just wasn't right. And both of us went on to get married and have children and have a whole life. And um, we both ended up getting divorced and we ended up reconnecting. 
Mm -hmm. And um, she happened to be living in Nashville. And she was actually one of the um, instigating factors for me spending more time in Nashville and spending more time in, in making music and everything else. And uh, she also was a songwriter. And we thought we'd write this song about ourselves called Second Time Around. Mm -hmm. And um, I think the lyrics go, this time, we won't care who's right or who is wrong. Wrong. Mm -hmm. This time, when I'm in your arms, in your arms. wrong. Yes. We're both older now. A wisdom found. Found. Mm -hmm. sweeter. Sweet. Second time around. Time around, yes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, Amelia, it's uh, it's up on that time of the show. Your favorite yes, part of the show. Yes, my favorite time. <laughs> show and tell. This is where we uh, we play a little video clip, Brock. We just sit back and let it speak for itself. Yes. Here's a little bit. Some, some photos and some music from Brock Davis. This is some cover art, right, from, from an album, is that right? Oh, I love that one. I never thought this is where we'd end up Two strangers passing on the courthouse steps Those papers in the briefcase tell A story of our lives But it's not how I'll remember us And the choices we make make us we are today Every step that we take Takes us farther away We can give in to hate But it's a steep price to pay So I choose love And the sign on the lawn Says it's old and it's gone as around the bend it disappears from my rear view. And I don't know where this heartache goes or what comes next. And I confess I'm just as scared as you. And the choices we make make us. What we are today Every step that we take Takes us farther away We can give in to hate But it's a steep price to pay So I choose
That's good stuff. Yay. <laughs> that is good stuff. <laughs> oh, I think that I was like getting teary-eyed again. <laughs> you need tissue. I got some right here. <laughs> oh, that was a good song. Rock, where where is a song like that uh, given birth, uh, and and how? Well, um, it was inspired by a quote from Martin Luther King, actually. Mm -hmm. um, and the quote is, uh, "I have decided to stick with love." Hate is too great a burden to bear. And so uh, just, I get choked up just thinking about it. Yeah, that. see? Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Anyway, he said that in uh, his, his it's, it's a very emotional yeah. song. Yeah. It really, really mm -hmm. is. And I can, strong, I can see how it, uh, it yeah. got to you. It got to uh, Amelia. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I, I found myself sitting here. You know, nodding my head in agreement. You know, so mm -hmm. I, I listen to lyrics. Yeah, I'm I'm a, a word man. I, I listen yeah. to words. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. which is why I can't stand rap music because I can't yeah. understand the words. There's a lot of words. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Finish off with the with that song, Emilio uh, Angelo. Um, so he had that quote which was um, part of his address for the Great March on uh, Detroit. Mm -hmm. And um, obviously he was talking about racial injustice. We yes. he faced, so he faced a lot of things in his life that would have, uh, you know, caused many people to embrace hatred, but he was able to overcome that. Yeah. And I was dealing with something much, much smaller, but nonetheless pretty impactful for me, which was like a pretty bitter divorce. And I thought this is exactly the same thing. Um, and so that's what it's about. Yeah, it gets wow. hard sometimes, and it just you. Yeah. yeah, go ahead, Amelia. Continue. And and I know that you have to like you have a family, so you can't really show hatred toward that because you have two kids or kids that you have to raise together, and you have to be peaceful with each other because you have children, and you have to be decent with each other, and you can't really, you know, you have to be two households, and it gets sure. hard. Well, absolutely, the kids are a factor, but uh, I think mm -hmm. what Martin Luther King was saying is like mm -hmm. just too much of a burden. Exactly. To yourself. Mm -hmm. you know? yeah. Rock, it hasn't always been guitar strings and sheet music for you. Uh, you mm -hmm. did work for a period of time in the corporate sector. Um, are you still a member of the corporate world? And uh, if so, what do you do? And if not, First of all, congratulations for leaving. <laughs> uh, what did you do in the corporate world? There's still a balance there. Um, I worked in Spumper. Okay. And, I, you know, I don't, I don't really need to go into kind of about what that was about, other than to say that I did spend that time um, in the high-tech startup, which is a very fast-paced world, um, exciting, and, and very not similar to music because you're basically creating something new that doesn't exist. Yeah. Uh, so there's no roadmaps, um, very creative, uh, and a big struggle because, um, you know, you're trying to build something from nothing, just like you are with, with a music career. Yeah. And there's a lot of gatekeepers along the way. So those gatekeepers, instead of being like uh, publishers or, or uh, booking agents, they're venture capitalists and uh, investors and things like that, right? But it's a similar dynamic in many ways. Incredible. Incredible. Absolutely. I, awesome. um, I've known people. Uh, who perform and and currently still know people who perform i know uh, and we've had them on the show um we've had you know performers artists uh, agents managers uh, every aspect of show business 
the mm-hmm. unique thing about one artist and one guitar to be able to stand on a stage and command two or three thousand people with just you, your guitar, and a microphone in front of you. We had Lacey J. Dalton here uh, three weeks ago, yep. along with the uh, country legend uh, Sylvia. Is that her name? Yeah, Sylvia. Sylvia. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Sylvia Hatton. That's it. That was Hutton. 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 Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that as much as music has evolved, the one thing that's never gone away is the solitary artist and the guitar. Um, what is it about that instrument that is revered? There's something special about this box with strings. Harry Chapin actually wrote a song about the, the guitar. It's called uh, Wooden Boxes. It's called Wooden Boxes. Uh, and, he, and the song he talks about these wooden boxes strung with silver wire. Um, so what is it about this instrument? Why do we love and revere the guitar? I will answer that. I'll also point out that, um, you know, if you think of songwriters like Joni Mitchell, Neil Young, Springsteen, they, they, they might get up there with just their guitar. They could also get up there with their piano. They could also get up there in, in Tony's case with like her hammered dulcimer or, or whatever, you know. So mm-hmm. the, um, it, it's, it's one person accompanying himself that is, the, uh, you know, the perhaps the archetype. But the guitar is definitely the most popular. And I think the reason for that is um, it doesn't take much to make it sound good. You know, a G chord, um, yeah. you know have to put your fingers in one little place and go and that's it it sounds like you're making music <laughs> don't, don't don't put it down get, grab that sucker get, get that. <laughs> right get that in your hand i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna, gonna coach you into singing the song amelia yes uh you you know his music what's the new one he's got you got a new one out bro yes that one that i i choose love that's the one we just played yeah yeah okay and so oh the one i just played that's yes. the new one mm-hmm. yeah yeah. Okay. You're very current. I'm on it. Good. I'm on it. All right. Cool. <laughs> Amelia, questions. More questions for Rob. Yeah. Uh, the uh, album covers, how did you come up with those? Did you just you know, have an idea and that's what you're going to do? And she then you come up with the songs? One I wish I had asked. Damn it. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, I'll give you that one. Go ahead. Right. Well, uh, there's there's cover art for the album, and then mm-hmm. there will be cover art for every single song because of the way mm-hmm. Spotify and streaming services works now. It's mm-hmm. best to sort of release them one at a time, right? Mm-hmm. So even though the album is is available uh, um, physically, uh, when it comes to streaming, uh, we're doing one one at a time. So we're up to number four, I think. Uh, yes. and, and we're going to keep on going until we do them all. And then by that time, there'll be a new album. So anyways... Awesome. We have to create artwork for every single song, which is, you know, a little bit different than how it used to be, right? Um, so the album cover is no big deal. It's just a picture of me. That's pretty traditional. Uh, <laughs> into the songs, um, sometimes it's easier to find an image that really suits it than others. So probably the most effective one was the one that you had in your montage because it's for this, it's for the song I choose love, and I thought to myself. Well, I, I, for some reason, it just occurred to me, you know, those tattoos of a heart that have love on it. Yeah. I thought, oh, how about a tattoo with a message, I choose love? Uh, and so what I did is I hired a tattoo artist. So he creates tattoos, very 
you know, traditional, to actually create that illustration. I said, I want, I want to sort of create but I want yeah. the logo to say, I choose love. And that's how we came up with that. Outside the box thinking. Yes. That's beautiful. Yeah, I, where it came from. I, I love the visual. I, I'm, I'm a, a visual person. Um, I love the artwork. Um, we showed it's just, and I showed the same photo in black and white and colors just to get the, the contrast. There's something about black and white photography that I really love, particularly yeah. on album art. Yeah. Um, you said that you had a, a separate art piece for every song, which yeah. is a little different than it used to be. There was, you know, you had an album with, you know, 12 songs on it, six on each side that's, you know, traditional right. vinyl. Yeah. And then you had your album cover, you know, whatever. And pretty, Sergeant maybe Pepper. You, maybe or, you had a, a sleeve or something like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, is that all part of the evolutionary process of music? Is is it becoming more advanced? Yeah. Or I is it advanced? But, uh, you mean, you know, as the technology changes, uh, the art changes too, right? So, um and, and that's one little minor thing, which is we're going to have art for every single song. Uh, but I'll mention another another trend that's happening. Uh, and, and by the way, it's, everything's circular. So a lot of yeah. a lot more songs are starting with the chorus, uh, which is um, you know, it hasn't been that usual. Like usually, a song starts with the verse, and then there's the chorus. That's yeah. how many songs. Are but it's actually a very old form, which is a very long form. We just we just start off with the rousing chorus. And get everyone singing along, and then you do a verse, and then you do another rousing chorus, um, and that, that's how they did the pubs. Many pub songs or drinking songs are like that. Mm -hmm. Why it's happening now is because of how Spotify works, which yeah. is get counted for a stream only when someone listens to thirty seconds of your song. So if you want them to listen to thirty seconds, you're going to put the best seconds first, and that's why more songs are with the chorus. It's it's totally valid um, musical thing to do, but it's influenced by the technology. And uh, so I think that's another interesting example of, of how technology is changing um, music. And you alluded to one earlier, uh, Mad Dog, when you said there were six songs aside. Why were there six songs aside? Because that was the limit of what you could hold on, on a 12-inch on piece of vinyl. Exactly. Like, you couldn't fit anymore. Yeah. Maybe you wanted to have 30 songs aside in a row, but yeah. technology didn't permit. So that's why. What, uh, Brock, what is your primary um, outlet for marketing your music these days? Where, where are you getting the most airplay? Um, uh, honestly, I think it, it is in the U.S. We're getting the most airplay in the U.S. Uh, there's, a, there's a number of Americana stations across the U.S. that are playing it. And actually, there's a number of country stations that are, that are playing the country songs. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Is the uh, Amelia? Um, yes. we've we're not going to charge Garth Brooks off the charts anytime soon, right? <laughs> right? Oh yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You will we'll, yeah. within a week, a month or so, probably or early. <laughs> we'll see. Go ahead, Amelia. Go ahead. Continue. No, I was going to say that. Also, um, I think that also, if you, I don't know if you've heard of the Bluebird Cafe. Have you ever played played there? I have once. Yeah. Oh, you ought um, to play there again. Yeah, um, I know. Yeah. That'd be a nice place to play. Bluebird yeah. Cafe. You guys okay. are, are way above my paid grade right now. <laughs> Bluebird Cafe. What am I? What am I in Nashville? Out here? Let me explain what that is. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's, it's a, a little venue in Nashville. Um, mm -hmm. It's a strip mall uh, in an, an area called Green Hills, I believe. It's, mm -hmm. it's 
nothing to look I at. I lived in Nashville, and I don't know the bluebird. I should be embarrassed. Oh, you should be embarrassed. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. it, it's nothing to look like from the outside. It's nothing to look like from the inside either. Seats maybe 100 people tops. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, what it's known for is these uh, songwriter rounds where um, you know, top songwriters, guys that have written the big, 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 big songs, they come and there's maybe three or four of them and they take turns playing their songs and you're in a very intimate environment like you can reach out and touch them basically almost. How, um, how far from like Printer's Alley and Tootsie's? It's nowhere near downtown. It's in Greenville. Oh, I got you. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's why and I the don't reason, know it. The reason is, it, and it's very hard actually now to get tickets. To, number one, it only, it only holds about 100 people. It's very hard to get tickets because it's very famous now. And the reason yes. is because ah. of the TV show Nashville. Because of the TV show Nashville. Just made mm -hmm. a bunch oh, of I got you. Yeah. Playing in the Bluebird. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. So what other music do you have currently in the works? Um, when is the next anticipated album? Sure. Well, as I mentioned earlier, uh, we're releasing uh, a song a month. And so we've got another one coming out in uh, two weeks. It's called Bet on Love. It's very much a country song. Uh, it's being played on the country stations. And I'll tell you, the album art is actually, or the cover, the song art is actually quite cool. What it is, is it's, it's someone looking at their cars, like their whole their cars in a poker hand or something like that. Yeah. And you see that, you see that, you see the chips in the background, you see the felt table, and you see the cars that they're looking at. And but instead of ace, king, queen, it spells L O V E. I love that. You I went saw with that, that on, you, Yeah, you know, I, I remember that. that. Yeah. I saw that on Facebook, and Brock, you were actually asking people, yeah. you know, to, to like kind of vote on it. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, sure. I love that you went with that. Well, that's that awesome. was chosen through Facebook, right? I was encouraged, yeah, for sure. Yes, yeah, that's okay. awesome. Was good. Yeah, the response that's was good. Interesting okay. stuff. That really is. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, this is just the, the tip of the iceberg of Brock Davis. I would love to have you back. Sure. Uh, and join us again if you're uh, if you're up. And man, that was a fast hour. Holy crap! Yes, it was. Wow. Yes. Yeah, that was an hour already. Mm -hmm. I think I think you got they call the gift of the gap. Right. Yeah, well, you know, you, you're with two pros over here. Uh, well, right, <laughs> neither I one of us shut up. Um, <laughs> I don't know which one that is. Be the, guy. Uh, why, why are you the one in the gray. The one in the gray. Me? Oh. <laughs> yeah, but I'm a professional. It's what I do uh -huh. for a long time. Yeah, and me and I'll Brock say, talk I like casual. I out a little bit. Back to the corner, young lady. <laughs> I want to find out um, where Brock uh, Davis, you can uh, get your social or where yes. people can get your music. Uh, tell everybody where they can get all this stuff, um, how they can book you, contact you uh, for uh, events, uh, corporate or private. Yeah. Uh, BrockDavisMusic.com. That's simple. BrockDavisMusic.com. Yeah. And. Yep, and, and, and artist. I can vouch <laughs> for the fact that everything is there. Uh -huh. uh, you can also find Brock on Facebook. He's got a very visible Facebook presence. And if they can't find him, just follow Amelia. She'll take you to him. <laughs> if he allows me to. <laughs> That's yeah, good. Right. Thank you so much for having me. It was a great honor to have you. Amelia, yeah. tell everybody what's coming up. Uh, actually, we have uh, pretty soon we're going to have uh, Alistair Cross. He is a upcoming uh, book author.
And um, let's see, is it, I think it's horror, I believe that he does. He does a lot of different types of uh, books that we have. Next week, we've got the Hollywood Insider. This guy, he, man, if if, if you know Hollywood, then you know Mm -hmm. Jeffrey Mark. Jeffrey Mark will be back. We're going to talk about uh, old Hollywood, old 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 gay Hollywood (laughs) is is the title of the show. So go figure what that one's about. Um, we've got uh, on, oh, we got a couple of them coming up. Damn, mm-hmm. we got, uh, we've got, uh, yes. next week we've got Jeffrey Mark. We have Brandon yes. Keaton. Keaton, yes. Brandon will feature his new film, uh, Turbo Cola. Cola, that's the one. You, yes. I cannot tell you what it's about. No. Uh, largely because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw a preview of it once. Yeah, we uh, saw a preview of it, but we're not mm-hmm. going to tell in. No. But, uh, we, but we have uh, at the end of the month, June 29th and 30th, the return. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a good one. The return of Pearl Jr. and what really happened, happened. to Michael Jackson. From a Jackson family insider. She knew Michael. She knew mm-hmm. Joe Jackson, Michael's dad. Yes. Uh, her, she knew the mother, Catherine Jackson, Randy, Jermaine, Tito, all of them. She mm-hmm. was deep inside the pocket. Yes. Girl Jr. And she'll be here on the 29th and 30th. For Brock Davis, BrockDavisMusic.com. For Amelia Pitbull Chapman, I'm Mad Dog DeCipio. Till we see you again next time, take care, everybody. Be happy. Hey. And love your neighbor. Bye bye. Thank you, Brock.